You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It's The Big Show in the morning, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation, all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to kick off our number two of the program today. My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumont, and we are joined by NFL analyst Charles Davis from CBS Sports. Good morning, Charles. Happy Tuesday, my man. How's it going? Going great. Good morning to you both. And before we even begin, mm-hmm. let me offer a sincere apology. This was supposed to take place yesterday. I knew that. Totally spaced because I had you know you know how you make those mental notes mm-hmm. make sure you let everyone know and my mental capacity let's just say it's not as full as others <laughs> and and I missed I was supposed to let you guys know I would be flying yesterday back home from Philadelphia could we do it another day and of course I got off the plane there's this nice message that said. <laughs> Yo, dummy, where are you? <laughs> like, uh-huh. Word for word what I said. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and the worst part was, worst part was I was like, he was being kind with the dummy. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it was all good, my man. Uh, no problem whatsoever. Not at all. Uh, we found out I'm that Patty... Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. We found out that Patty Dumas can really tap dance quite well. So we were all good He's over good. here. Yeah, he's got quite the feet. Five, six, seven, eight. Yes, <laughs> yes the band was going and off we oh, went. Yeah. Um, but hey, let's get into the weekend that was and the weekend that's going to be because at long last, the playoffs are here. First, let's talk about the game that you yeah. had the call of, uh, Eagles and the Giants, as uh, this one yeah. had a big spread going in. What did you make of the contest? Yeah. In so many ways, not a surprise. Because a lot of times in this league, when you have the heavy favorite, especially Week 18, if we if we just went around the league and you saw Week 18, these heavy underdogs, people playing teams that are resting people or don't have as much to play for or, you know, whatever, the guys who get to play are desperate to play. We know that. Number two, yeah, they're playing for their teams, but what else are they playing for? Continued employment in the league. Put it on tape. Other people see it. Get a chance somewhere else, et cetera. Because a lot of these teams are either changing coaches, changing coordinators. There's no lock that you're back next year to be with that team. So when we got ready for our game, the defense coordinator for the Giants, uh, Don Wink Martindale, I remember he said to me, he just reiterated what I had in my head. And he said, listen, what a cool opportunity for a lot of guys. Because we're going to rest people. We're not going to play everyone because we can't change position. We're at six. So we need to give some guys some rest, and we're ready to go for Minnesota or San Francisco. They didn't know at the time. Now we know it's Minnesota. And so those guys are going to play really hard. They're going to play the best they can, hoping. And that's what we saw on Sunday. Now the Eagles, the flip side was they had to play their guys because they needed to lock down the number one seed, needed to win the division. They had to, they need to get Jalen Hurts some work because now that if they won, they were going to get another week off. And all that got accomplished. But I thought my partner, Ian Eagle, made a perfect statement at the end of it, and it was and it was this. The Giants will go out of this game having lost, but accomplished exactly what they wanted to accomplish and actually lost and left feeling good about themselves. The Eagles won, accomplished what they needed to accomplish, 
but actually had more question marks about themselves because they couldn't blow out a bad team. Mm. So it was a very interesting deal. I do think Philadelphia will be fine, but that's what we saw. Just look around the league. How many of these did we see where Denver jumped on the Chargers? Denver had nothing to play for, right? The Colts-Texans game, I had to, I have to admit, no one cared who won that game other than the fact that they're the number one you know, pick. Yeah. But it felt to me like Lovey Smith, the head coach of the Texans, had a pretty good indicator he was going to get whacked on Monday. <laughs> so instead of, you know, at the end, after they threw the Hail Mary, <laughs> instead of botching the extra point so they ensured the number one pick, he went for two and scored. I'm surprised he didn't look up at the owner's box and wave to him. Take that yeah. on my way out the door because now you go from the number one pick to the number two pick. See ya. Did you like? See I, I have to admit, I got a kick out of it since they whacked him the next day. Yeah, like that's good to see. Good for Lovey, right? Coaches don't always get the helping out his old team. They get a raw deal. Yeah, you're gonna want. You're gonna want and done me. Okay, take this with you. I have to admit, whether that was in his head or not. Let's be honest with it. We all thought it, right? Mm. We all looked at it and went, hmm, maybe he knew. <laughs> Listen, we'll get into some of the coaching changes and some of the playoff matchups coming up this weekend too, but I did want to ask you one more thing about this past weekend, and that had to do with the Buffalo yeah. Bills. A couple of kick return touchdowns, including one to start the game and a little bit of poetry as DeMar Hamlin was kind of live tweeting the game as well. Uh, just maybe a, th- a thought on everything that we've seen with the Bills over the course of the week and, and what we've seen from DeMar Hamlin, uh, who was also discharged from hospital yesterday. I don't know that I'm equipped with the right words for it. I don't know who really is, but I know it's people more gifted than me. But let's be honest about it. If Hollywood took that story they might even raise an eyebrow and say, I don't know that we can write it like that. I don't know people will buy it because of the way it all broke down. Thank goodness DeMar Hamlin is alive. Thank goodness he was up and able to watch that game. But to have not one but two kick return touchdowns, and then after the game, Josh Allen at the podium saying we were just informed by Kevin Kearns from their media that our last kick return for touchdown was three years and three months ago, you know, the number three prevalent everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, really it's unbelievable. And for how Buffalo handled all of this and, 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 you know, life is way more important as we well know, but think of the emotional roller coaster that franchise team has been on since he fell, since he dropped yeah. and they found a way to be galvanized and play at a high level when pressed, because New England did press them in that game, put it all together, you know, I know Dallas is so-called America's team, but there's no one that America's rooting for more right now than Buffalo. There's just no way possible. Charles Davis joining us here on the big show in the morning. I'm Matty Rose. He's Patty Dumas. Charles, I know you were, uh, I don't know what you made of uh, the Sunday nighter with Detroit and Green Bay. Obviously the Packers a little bit collapsed in the fourth quarter there. Uh, Rodgers called yeah. it a microcosm of their season in the fourth quarter. And obviously the scenes after the game walking off uh, with Randall Cobb. Uh, doesn't know if this is good for him, uh, but what would you make on on that scene there uh, in Green Bay on Sunday night? Well, I'll start with, with, the, with the scene you're talking about. If indeed that's it, mm-hmm. he's trying to soak in the moment, the atmosphere, the time. And I, I think that that's understandable. I know that he's going to get criticized for everything. Yeah. Because let's be honest, Aaron has put himself in a position that way. 
right? He, he's not exactly America, you know, he's not exactly the NFL's most loved quarterback, mm-hmm. right? For so many different reasons. But I don't think that concerns him a heck of a lot. I think it was much more, my goodness, you guys battled, got in position, had a home game, had everything going your way, and you don't close the deal. You know, I think that's how fans and people outside of Green Bay and maybe even within Green Bay are looking at it. But yes, why? Of course, you would walk off the field. I think Randall Cobb is probably done as well. Yeah. And those two are tight, and they've been there together. Aaron may be done. He didn't give his jersey to the to Jameson mm-hmm. Williams. I'm pretty sure it's because he wants to keep it just in case. I get all of that. I'm gonna flip it real quick. How much credit should we be given Detroit because? Oh, yeah. They took the attitude before it was all settled, because they knew if Seattle won, they were done. Mm-hmm. But Dan Campbell last week before it all went down, what did he tell his team and it became the mantra of the week? Either we're going to the playoffs. Or they're not. Because Seattle lost and we beat Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Or Green Bay is not going. Yep. And he said it before it all went down. The team bought into it. The team lived it. They knew that Seattle had won. meant nothing. Let's still go out and beat Green Bay. Congratulations to them. And here's the next thing now, and I think that Detroit should welcome it, and they probably will. Now you've truly set yourself up for next year that if it's not a playoff team, you will be viewed as a disappointment. That's where yeah. Detroit is now. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's something that they welcome because, look, they're, they're, they're tired of, of, of being the upset-minded, maybe we'll be good. It's okay. Let's no, do it's, that. Let's it's see their how time. It turns out. It's ready for their time, and they got it's their uh, time. It should be their time. And they got the it sixth overall pick waiting for them too, as well. Um, yes, they do. Go yeah. get another guy to help eat. Exactly. Exactly. Um, talk about the, uh, this one. There's six rematches this weekend. Uh, four within the last month. Uh, replaying again yep. this week. Uh, but that Monday nighter, you got to go back all the way to week one. Dallas, Tampa Bay. Um, can you trust Dak Prescott right now? Seven straight games with an interception. I know the Bucks aren't great. Eight and nine. Still Tom Brady. Home game, playoffs. Yep. This is everything against Dallas, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, this it's all about and Dallas going on the road. And, you know, you mentioned say, I mean, Dak's thrown 15 picks this year. And, and this game is different, too, because remember, Dak got hurt in that first one against Tampa. Remember, he didn't finish. So, so that part changes it all, too. Can, can Dallas snap it all together? Can they put it together? And what Dallas's strength should be, which is running the football, okay, with Zeke and Tony Pollard and crew, Tampa struggled with the run game in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not quite sure if Vita Vea is back. If he is, that helps Tampa in a big way. And I would say if he's back and helps shore up run defense, all momentum to me should be on Tampa's side. I don't care what the record is. Brady's playing better than he's played. They, you know, they have the home game. They have it going. And here's the extra pressure on Dallas. And we all know exactly what it is. And I hate doing it, but it's true. Sean Payton's still looming out there. Oh, yeah. If Dallas goes one and done, Jerry Jones might find it irresistible, mm-hmm. despite the job Mike McCarthy has done. Yep. He might find it irresistible because Jerry Jones loves stars. And Sean Payton is certainly the biggest star out there in terms of the coaching world right now. Yep, obviously the former offensive coordinator. He's obviously loved Sean Payton for years and <laughs> kind of coveted him. He's like, well, it should have been our guy, but we went with Jason Garrett, obviously. So uh, do you take any solace in the Cowboys? Uh, not solace, I should say any concern in the Cowboys going only 1-4 and four on grass this year? Like, they're not great on grass. 
Yeah, it's a weird deal, isn't it? Yeah. In the whole league, if you ask the players overwhelmingly, they'd rather play on grass than turf. Oh, yeah. I will just say I'd have to know exactly. Let's see, they lost to Washington on grass. They lost to Tampa Bay on grass. I can't remember who the others were. Oh, Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Green Bay on grass. I don't know if it's that as much as they are a little bit schizophrenic as a team. Okay. Sometimes you're not quite sure what you're going to get. If 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 Dak doesn't throw picks this coming week, mm-hmm. I think they'll be hard to I think they'll be hard to beat. If they don't turn it over, they'll be hard to beat. But what was really weird Sunday was they played their starters. They said they were going out to get the get the thing done. They still had something to play for. If Philadelphia didn't get it done themselves, San Francisco, if they got beat, they had something to play for. Mm-hmm. And a fifth round pick who his head coach didn't even essentially know he was there last week. Yep. Put it to him in, in, in Sam Howell. Uh, Vikings-Giants, the middle game on Sunday. Uh, this is a big spot. Obviously, we know what uh, with the, the big Kirk Cousins prime time where nobody else, everybody will be all eyes on him. Uh, Giant, they need a 61-yarder to beat the Giants on Christmas Eve. Uh, we're looking, this could be, might be the best the game of the weekend, I think, between the Vikings and Giants. I think you're right about that, and, and and I'll be really succinct on this one. The Giants firmly believe they can go to Minnesota and win, mm-hmm. and privately we're hoping that the playoffs fell exactly this way. I think everyone wants to avoid San Francisco. Like yeah. no one wants, and no, there's no one you know going to the middle of the ring and calling San Francisco out. No one. Everybody's like, I can avoid them till the end. I'm good. <laughs> if you're talking about Minnesota, though which has done a remarkable job winning those one-score games, set mm-hmm. an NFL record with a 12 one-score game yep. wins. Yep. The flip side of that is you're in a lot of one-score games. So you do you won 12 this year. You guys know how that flips. If they play the same type of style next year, there's no way they win 12. Mm-mm. No chance. It doesn't work that way. The ball doesn't bounce that way for you two years in a row. The Giants believe they can go there and win. Yeah, I, I, the, the injuries to that offensive line for Minnesota could definitely mess with them, and Kayvon Thibodeau might have a might have a feast waiting for him there on Sunday. One more game to get to uh, for the NFC. Uh, you mentioned it. Nobody wants to play the Niners. That that team's a is a, is just a wagon right now. Uh, Seattle, you know, good gutsy effort there on Sunday, gutting it out against the Rams. Good for Geno Smith. Nobody thought the Seahawks would be yep. here. Maybe four wins. Five wins tops, but here they are, seven seed going into San Francisco. They got much of a shot? No. <laughs> Straight up, yep, yeah, no. No, and, and and I'm happy for Geno Smith. Uh, he gets free agency, gets a chance to get some money. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy for him. It's one of the great stories of perseverance and staying with it and and, and your talent being seen later than, than, than anyone expected. I just think that Seattle has limped in at this point. And, look, Pete, Pete Carroll always has his team ready to play. I just don't think they are good enough for this team. I'll just leave it at that. I mean, and I'm not trying to denigrate them, but as I said before, no one wants to deal with San Francisco. Philadelphia, they're the number one seed. I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC side. Mm-hmm. On the AFC, three matchups that we'll get to this weekend. Uh, Bengals and Ravens, a rematch from this last weekend's contest, except the Ravens had – maybe half of their healthy roster. They'll look to get some bodies back for this game. How are you looking at this uh, divisional matchup in the wild card round of the playoffs? I don't expect Lamar Jackson to play. Mm-hmm. And I think without Lamar Jackson, I don't think they have a shot. 
even getting all the rest of their healthy bodies back. You know, you'll get the run game back because I think they held out Dobbins and, you know, I think Gus Edwards was limited and right on down the line. But you're also dealing with a Cincinnati team that did all the right things with DeMar Hamlin and Buffalo and feels like they got they got jerked around. Coin tosses? <laughs> you change the rules that were on the books? about a no contest and now we're not even going to have a shot at being the one when we could have, if we had beaten them that night, but we never played the game and they're not sitting there saying we should have played the game. I mean, they handled that perfectly, Mm -hmm. but they were just wondering the rules were on the books already that if there's a no contest, here's what you do. Why was there a vote to change that? That didn't make any sense to them. And then the idea that they'd have to have a coin flip about home field with Baltimore, well, what? They, they, they're going to play with an edge. My only, my only concern with Cincinnati is they lost another offensive lineman. And I don't know if Alex Kappa, their starting guard, is going to make it back. But if he doesn't make it back, the right side of their line is backups. Max Sharping would probably start at right guard, and Akeem Adenogy starting at right tackle and Lyle Collins out for the year with an ACL. That would be my biggest concern. But focus, a little bit of anger, I think it's all in Cincinnati's corner. Bills and Dolphins looks like it's going to be better weather in Buffalo than when the last two team, uh, the last time these two met in Buffalo. Uh, but are you looking at this as a, an opportunity for the Finns to maybe uh, beat the Bills here, or is this uh, this one also kind of in the bag like we've talked about a few of these other matchups? Yeah, look I, again, I don't expect Tua Tungvaloa to play the rest of this season. Yeah. You know, we can talk about each week, is he available and all that. I think we just put that to the side. I think he's done for the year. That's just my own personal opinion. Teddy Bridgewater, the backup, broke a finger in the last game we saw him. Uh, Dolphins at Patriots. I don't know how he is ready to go because it's on his throwing hand and be able to play. So it's in the hands of Skylar Thompson again, your seventh-round pick. I really don't see how Skylar Thompson goes to Buffalo in any weather. Mm and wins a playoff game against the against Bills team that we've already talked about. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Kingsbury let go in Arizona. What type of coach do they need there to kind of get the best out of Kyler Murray? You need a coach that will not let Kyler Murray run over the top of him. You need a coach that Kyler Murray is going to respect from day one walking in and not feel like he can exert his will at any moment, any time, any place. Cliff Kingsbury, I like very much personally. I never thought he should have been the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. You cannot come out of the college ranks with a losing record and become an NFL head coach and not have a bunch of arched eyebrows. Cliff is at, Cliff is at his best calling ball plays. But developing players, making them better, I don't know that that's his forte. I think that's been seen. Whatever your talents are that are there, he will use them and use them really well. But when you talk about developing, making better, this guy did this, I don't know that we have the evidence of that, not real stark evidence. And I wish Cliff the best. I really do like him. He probably punched me in my face when he sees me now. But I was very clear he never should have had that job, <laughs> Period. So the coach coming in has got to be someone that Kyler's going to look at and go, wow, this guy can make me better if I listen to him 
and you know everybody's going to go after a Sean Payton, but he's the type of coach you're going to have to have. It's too bad Bill Parcells isn't still around. He'd walk right in and sit Kyler down and just tell him straight up what the deal is. You want a piece of this? It's going to take that type of a person, I think, in order for them to get the best out of him. Charles, one more for me here. Uh, obviously, last night, national championship game, Georgia and Tennessee. Or, sorry, not Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia and TCU. You are a Tennessee guy, obviously, and they have the yeah, rivalry yeah, with they Georgia. They my balls during the season. Yeah. yeah they, they, beat, they beat my balls mid-season, yeah, but yeah. not like that. Not like that. No, and I know you... you <laughs> You 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 never played Georgia. I, I'm looking at the. I, I brought up the the, the yeah, results. Never you never played Georgia. They, there's a seven year gap. Yeah, it's a ten team SEC back then. Yeah. There's a rotating schedule. We only played six conference games when I was in school. Okay, but yeah, well, but, all right. Anyway, yeah, obviously not 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 the greatest result for TCU. But just a quick thought on whatever that was last night. Yeah, look, TCU is way better than what we saw oh, last yeah. night. I think in normal situations, Georgia wins it by two touchdowns, maybe three. Um, things snowballed last night. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's been in athletics, at some point in your life, you're on the side of a team where you're not as bad as you appear at that moment in that night, at that, in that game. Mm-hmm. And the result, though, lasts forever. And people think you're the worst thing that ever, ever existed. Just not true for TCU. Yeah. But... If you really want me to be, and I'm going to be as frank as I as I feel on this one, truth of the matter is TCU wasn't good enough to beat Tennessee. Tennessee weren't good enough to beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. They obviously weren't good enough to beat Georgia. Any of those three would they have didn't even that. win their conference title. Sixty five to sixty five to seven. No, it was one of those nights. But all three of them were better than TCU. Michigan blew a golden opportunity. Yep. The Big Ten blew a golden opportunity, although let me say, let's be clear. If Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, mm-hmm. Ohio State may very well have gotten Georgia. Yep. Okay, they were playing really well, but it didn't. didn't happen. And like I told a friend of mine this morning who's a big Michigan fan who was lamenting about it, I just started teasing him. He's like, man, we blew, we blew a golden shot. And I said, yeah. I said, you know what, you know what that was like? That's like the old days when you got in trouble at home. Remember the old wait till your father gets home? Yeah. <laughs> I said Michigan was just wait I said Michigan was just waiting for their SEC daddy to show up and handle exactly. Exactly. And and and, and 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 understand this. I don't know if my Michigan friend's gonna talk to me for a while. That's, <laughs> that's fair. It's probably fair. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Oh, oh well. I mean, they, look. Listen, the Big Ten yelled for years about the SEC having two in the college football playoff. Yep. They yeah, had two. two in this year. I told them before the beginning. I said, you get two bites of the apple this time, guys. And neither one, neither bite got to the title game. Uh, Over for 2. Hilarious. Close one yesterday, Call though. Call me next year. Close one yesterday. <laughs> Close one yesterday, though. Um, that's oh, yeah. But listen, listen. If, if we play a third, a third half, Things might jump up for TCU. Yeah, I, get, I think the, I think the best thing now. I saw, Pat Forty, the great college football writer, he yeah. put out. A, he posted something that said, "Here's hoping for a second half Georgia inter squad scrimmage, and let TCU go ahead and get on their plane and go home. <laughs> <laughs> Do a red and white game, spring game in the second half. Good for I like, everybody. I was like, that's cold. Yeah. But for one night accurate, I just feel bad for TCU because the truth of the matter is, they really aren't sixty-five to seven worse no. than Georgia. 
but we can play 10 times. They're not beating them 10 times. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're not as good as Georgia, but are they 65 to seven? No, it just snowballed. It went south and I feel horrible for them, but in most cases they're losing by 10 points or more. Uh, so congratulations to Georgia for going Congratulations, Kirby Smart and Georgia. They're loaded. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what he's doing with that program, we're all trying to chase him down in the SEC. I wish us all luck. He's coming for Nick. <laughs> he's coming he for Nick. with that crew, and they coach the heck out of him. Yeah. Charles, always appreciate the time, to, uh, as always. Uh, today on a Tuesday, but uh, just as good as any other day. Thanks so yeah, much. my bad. All, all good, good, man. My bad. And, and Patrick? Yes. Five, six, seven, eight, yeah. one, two, three, four. Well, well done, sir. Well done. I owe you the next dance, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, CD. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Take care, man. You guys take care. Enjoy. Talk to you later. All there right. you go. God, he's the best. He's good. He's great. He's so fun to chat with. Charles Davis, uh, CBS NFL analyst, mm-hmm. does an outstanding job. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we mentioned, CBS only has the one game this weekend. Yeah. But, uh, he'll be around it, and we'll be chatting with him all playoffs long as well. Hey, you can find hour one of the big show on your favorite podcatcher right you now. Can. Uh, we have our open where we chat a little bit about Brad Tree Living's chat with Flames t- Talk host Pat Steinberg. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of chat and talk in there. <laughs> um, and we also had Patty Dumas' morning report. And you can find it wherever you get your, your podcast mm-hmm. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Click, like, and subscribe. Click, like, and subscribe. Yeah. yeah I thought you were saying some. Weird website. No. Click before you dig. Ca. Click or before something you like dig. <laughs> Alberta one call. Yeah, <laughs> you won't find it there. No, but if you do, great job. Uh, pop quiz is next. You ready? Okay, let's go. GVP, you ready? No, but <laughs> we'll, we'll find a way to make this work. Um, winner has gets a great prize. I don't know what, what the it, prize is. I don't know what one it of them is orange slices. Yeah, some orange slices here for you. So. Uh, we'll do the pop quiz next. Uh, big Show, Sports at 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It's The Big Show. I'm Matty Rose. He's Patty Dumas sitting in the host chair today. Alex Brody on the board. And GVP's coming over to the other room for our next segment here. We're live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio for The Big Show. Boys, this is one of my absolute favorite segments uh, that we do around here. Uh, it is time for the pop quiz where I welcome in a couple competitors and I basically quiz them on the entirety of the NHL season up until this point as tonight is the official midway point of the NHL season. Mm-hmm. After tonight's action is done, half of the games on the entire NHL sked will be have, will have been completed. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. I'm going to have three starter questions. Mm-hmm. We're going to lay a little bit of a base layer, see if you guys can grab any points off the top. Uh, GVP and Patty are going to contribute. Alex Brody's running the board. A lot of elements for this. so mm, Very busy back there. Brody's going to be on his toes. <laughs> um, but we'll get into the, just a couple of quick questions early, just to kind of set the table, right? For instance, the Flames rocked the reverse retro pedestal jersey for several games throughout the month of December. Mm-hmm. This one's a total question, so an over or an under. How many points did the Flames record in their pedestal reverse retro jersey, more than six and a half or less than six and a half points? Patty? More than six and a half. More than six and a half. 
I'm, I'm on the same page. I think both there's definitely you taking more. more. Yes. The answer is more. Woo! They were three zero and one. Yes. Yeah, they were. Well, they were four times. Jersey. Yes. They the only whole lost month of a... December. They were wearing black, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Blasty in the past. They had a, they yeah. got two week stretch where it was blasty, and then it was the reverse retro. Yeah. Now the reverse retro is done. Yeah, the reverse retro is done for the year. Yeah, they only gone. wore it the four times. Blasty is coming back. There's actually four game homestand, I think, in January. Mm-hmm. They're going to be rocking the Blasty jersey as well. But congratulations. You both got a point. We're both Woo! on the board. All right, here's another one. Across the NHL, mm-hmm. there are 21 players that have scored at least 20 goals. Okay. All How right. many teams have multiple 20 goal scores? I'm going to set the total at two and a half. GVP, are you taking the over or the under? You know, in these, whenever you're taking a test, whenever I don't really know the answer, you think patterns sometimes when you're looking at this. Pick but I, I, I think he's trying to trick us. I think he wants us to say under. I'm going to say over. You're going to say over? I'm going to say over. Okay. It's over. The answer is over. That's playing the man right there. <laughs> the answer is three, and they're actually all Canadian teams. Yes. The Oilers have three of them, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hyman. Uh, 34, 22, and 20 goals, respectively. The Jets, with Shifley, 23 goals, and Kyle Connor with 20. And then in Toronto, Matthews is 20, two less than his teammate, William Nylander. Mm-hmm. A little bit surprising. Matthews doesn't even lead his team in goals. All right, final one. Uh, this is going into uh, yesterday's action, ahead of yesterday's action, because this one kind of takes a lot of work to do. And uh, frankly, I didn't <clears throat> have time this morning. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is special teams overall across the NHL. We've talked about it on the pop quiz before. It's kind of that Mendoza line. Mm-hmm. If a club's power play and their penalty kill percentages added together are over 100, okay. your special teams are in pretty good shape. Right. Over 110, that's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Below 90, that's putrid. The Flames, they're right in the middle. 101.6 Okay, okay. entering action yesterday. On one side of the spectrum, the bad side, Canadians and the Ducks. Canadians, 86.7. Oof, eh, not good. The Ducks, 88.7. So not very good. But how many teams are outstanding? Over 110. Over 110 combined between their power play and their penalty kill. The total is once again set at two and a half. Patty, are you taking the over or the under? Let's take the over. I'm going to go the under here. You're going to go the under here? Yes. The answer is... Well, we can't really play a sound for this one because you didn't pick... Patty's right and GVP is wrong. (laughs) The answer is three. Uh, The Bruins... I wasn't expecting a triple over there, to be honest. Yeah, I got you, right? I know. (laughs) See? I'm overthinking this. Yeah, you are. Bruins, 114. They've -hmm. been amazing. Stars, 110.8. And the third team, the Senators. Wow. So you don't have to have great special teams to be a good hockey team. No, that, uh, they do not always translate. Uh, they, it certainly does not. Or you could be a team that has like a ridiculous power play and a terrible penalty kill, mm-hmm. like the Oilers, yeah. who are at 106.4 because mm-hmm. they have a power play over 30%. Yeah. All right. So Patty got three. GVP got two. Slight two, edge three. as we go into the gauntlet. Here's how these questions work. I'm going to give a wide-ranging category. For example... 70 players, or seven players, 70, seven players have hit the 50-point mark entering yesterday's action. Can you name those seven players? If Patty went first, he'd guess as many as he could. So you'd say... McDavid. And then if you got one wrong, you would say, like, uh, Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it would get buzzed, and then it would your, be your turn to go, GVP. Okay. And you get to go until you get one until wrong. you're wrong, okay. And then we... 
amass the points at yeah. the end. Uh-huh. This is how you win the game. Okay. This Got is it. how you make the points. All right, this is make or break here. Yeah. So here's the deal. We flipped a coin in the break. Uh, uh-huh. Duma won, so he gets to pick the first topic. Okay. Here are your choices. Wild Child. Before Bedard. Chef's Table. Or Trebuchets. I'm going to go trebuchet. You're going to go trebuchets? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what that word means. A tre- French catapult. A trebuchet oh, okay. is a form of catapult that was used back uh, well before the human civilization understood what gunpowder gunpowder was. Oh, you know. It was like a, it's a whipping thing. Isn't yeah. It? It, okay. It looks like I don't have to go to school today. It was used yeah. for uh, something cool. <laughs> yeah. It was used for like uh, long range sieges of castles and, okay, and okay, stuff okay. like that. Nice. Thanks. Nice, um, nice. They built one on on on, uh, on the uh, Grand Tour. The old Top Gear guys. They had a, a, a trebuchet oh, tour gear. and they had to launch. Uh, compacts and see how far they, if they could launch. <laughs> they could, no, no, what it was, they had to launch a Reno or one of the French makers from yeah. England and they see if they could launch it to France oh. with the trebuchet. Interesting. That was actually a really good episode. Well, for this topic, <laughs> we're looking at blue liners who have put the puck in the net All this right. year. Uh, it's your civic duty to vote Rasmus Anderson into the All-Star game <laughs> with his five goals, but he doesn't even lead the Flames defenseman in goals. That's actually Nikita Zadorov. Here's your topic. Across the league, there are four, pardon me, across the players, there are seven defensemen that have scored at least nine goals. Who are those seven blue liners? Patty DeMar, you get to go first. Uh, Eric Carlson. Correct. Um, Blue liners with at least nine goals. Okay, with at least nine goals. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is correct. He has ten. Um... Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin is correct. He's got 12. Second behind only Eric Carlson with 13. Mm-hmm. Um, oh Come on. I need an answer here. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Uh, Buzz him. I can't. No. All right. You got three there. Because I know bad. the second leading scoring defenseman doesn't have 10 goals. I know that. It's the... Oh, you don't want to give the answer, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're doing here. Okay, so GVP, there's four guys left on the list. All right. I give mean, me those, one of them. Those are the big three, and honestly, I was like kind of trying to think of another answer while he was doing <laughs> it. He was, he was starting to get a little stressed out, and now I'm on the clock, and I don't really have... All right, give me now. a name. Give me a name. You're tap dancing. Throw Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi's correct. There you go. Let's go. Roman Yossi yeah. scored his 10th goal yesterday. There it is. So you got one of them. There's three more remaining. We're looking at... Blue liners across mm-hmm. the league that have at least nine goals. Okay. I don't know where I want to go here. All three of them play in the Eastern Conference. Okay. That was a good. That and that means the second leading defenseman doesn't have 10 goals. See, I was. I, I feel like this is a big name. I feel like he should have it. Is it Victor Hedman? No. no. Oh, that's too bad. What a shame. Victor Hedman does not. So GVP gets one right in our first gauntlet. Patty gets three right. Let's go to some of the ones that you didn't get. For example, uh, this young lad on the island, Noah Dobson, 10 yeah. bingos. The period for the Islanders. Dobson, right point to the net. They score! Talking up Dobson last week. I know. I, I thought you were going to get that one. <laughs> uh, I made a mistake, actually. I said they all played in the East. This guy used to play in the East, but now plays in the West, but might get traded to the East. And so the left circle to Chickering back to Gostas. Ah. He scores! Shane Gostas Bear with nine goals Ghosty. on the season. The Ghost Bear. And finally, a former flame. Well, here's Dougie Hamilton moves. It's slap shot scores! Mm. I feel like I should have knew that one. Dougie Hamilton gives the devil. He's good the for 20 usually. 
There you go. So that's how the first gauntlet works. Do we understand the format of the questions here? Yes. Okay. All right. We'll go on to the next topic. GVP, you get to pick. Your options are Chef's Table, Wild Child, or Before Bedard. You, when you brought up these categories and you said I needed to study, like the categories almost made it harder to study. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm know. Gonna, kind of the point. I'm going to go. <laughs> uh, let's go to the chef's table. The chef's table. What do you think this is? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to say guys that score. These guys know how to dish it out. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 I got nine forwards in the NHL who have recorded at least 30 assists mm. this season. Little hint for you here. Elias Lindholm, the closest to being in the conversation for the Flames, as he has 26 assists on the year as a forward. Remember, they're all forwards, yeah. but we need guys that have at least 30 assists. Okay. Who are the nine forwards? GVP, you get to start. I'm going to go with Connor McDavid. Yep. Uh, give me his partner in crime, Leon Dreisaitl. Correct. All right. Um, who else do I want to go to here? Uh, is, is Pasternak on this list? David Pasternak is no, not. This is There's a lot more pressure when you're like yeah, trying what, to think this, when you're this actually on the spot. in the fire. When we hey? went to the clips, I feel like I should have known some of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I right. All right. I, also, I, did, I try and give hints throughout the course of the show. Like, when any of these guys get brought up, I've kind of mentioned them and highlighted them a little bit. Uh, Patty Dumas, it's your turn. Uh-huh. There remains one, two, three, four, five, six, seven forwards with at least 30 assists on the season. Give me one. Crosby. No. What? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How did I pick up the win in that one? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Crosby's got to be close, but he's actually scoring a lot of goals this yeah. year. Um. Man, this is going to take a while. Uh, in Tampa Bay, we got this gentleman. Center point, Sergachev. 50 in the power play. Right to go, Kucherov. Score! Nikita Kucherov, 41 assists. Uh, Madison Square Garden, another Russian. Here's Panarin. Down the right side for Heedle. Shoots. He scores! The bread man himself, Artemi mm-hmm. Panarin. Uh, in the hockey capital of the world. Uh, at the at the point, a shot mm, by Marner. Deflects yeah. in front of the M&M. goal. They yeah. score! Tavares, and I think Marner's going to get an assist on this. And there I guess he did have like a 20 some odd game point streak where it was all assists. And he's got a lot of assists. <laughs> uh, this guy had a couple of apples yesterday to get into the conversation. Okay. Yala, a lead pass. Here's a break. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kempe, yep. shoots, See, I remember how much I talked about Four Fiala assists. being a disher as well during the morning <laughs> report. I was just going down like the top three scores in the NHL. I was like, Pasnick's got to be his third <laughs> scoring, but guess not. All right, we'll whip through these. Uh, in Washington. Who's that song? Little shimmy on through. Comes to the left side. Skates in behind the net. Just a game of keep away right now in the zone. Marcus Johansson scores! Kuznetsov. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy took like 19 games to score a goal, but was still a point-per-game player. And a BC to BC pass. Wotherspoon to Barzell over yeah, the Canuck Barzell. line. Mm. To the left circle. Sazika shoots. He scores! And finally on the West Coast, of course. Here's Patterson behind the net. Around the far side. Backhand wraparound. Kuzmenko takes it home. He scores again! It's Elias Patterson. Mm-hmm. So you guys were awful there. Yeah. Uh, Patty got yeah. zero. Ugh. And uh, GVP got two. Just, two of the most obvious ones, probably. Just yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, all right. Patty, your choice. Uh, before Bedard or the Wild Childs? Go Wild Childs here, please. Uh, this is the Wild Childs because goalies are kind of weird. Okay. Oh. 
I thought this was going to be rookies. Yeah, see, that's very clever of you. Thank you. On January 10th last year, 2022, the Flames had played only 34 games. They had that COVID outbreak. But nevertheless, Jacob Markstrom had five shutouts in part of a Vesna runner-up caliber season. This year, scoring is up. We're seeing less shutouts across the league. Flames have none, and there's nobody that has five. There are five goaltenders who have at least three shutouts this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Who are those five goaltenders, Patty Dumas? Connor Hellebuck. Correct. He's got three. Uh, Linus Olmark. No. What? <laughs> With his under two goals against? Under two goals against. Uh, like league leading save percentage and goals against? Yeah, tops in both. Does, one, does, Two losses, does, one in overtime, one in regulation. Does not have three shutouts. Holy wow. crap. That's surprising. On to you, GVP. I... I don't think I stand a chance in this category. I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't know where I want to go. I'm trying to think of guys. I'd... I've got uh, this time for sure. Uh-huh. They are all in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Then I'm going to go to the Rangers with Shesterkin. No. That, I, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. The guy on Long Island, though. He's having a bad year in comparison to his past years. The guy on Long Island is having a pretty good season, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. He does get into the conversation in Ilya Sorokin. We also have, uh, we don't have time for these clips, Alex Brody, but we're going to go through them. Darcy Kemper, mm. four in Leads Washington to lead the league. Pyotr Kachetkov, the young Russian in Carolina, had three. Ville Husso in Detroit has three. And Ilya Sorokin. Also has three. So Patty got one there, and GVP got Donut. zero. Donut. Last one is before Bedard. Okay. Rookie scoring. The right. players who are eligible for the Calder Trophy before Bedard arrives, because he's going to win it next year. Yeah. The Calgary Flames hadn't had a player sing- receive a single Calder vote since Austin Matthews won the award in 2016-17, and Matt Kachuk finished seventh behind the likes of Line, Wierenski, Matt Murray, Marner, Nylander. This season... Pretty decent crop of rookies vying for the title. No clear winner at this point, but there is a couple of Pacific Division rookies as Vegas favorites for the Calder. Seven rookies have recorded at least 18 points this season. GVP, who are those seven rookies? Uh, Mr. Matty Beneers. Correct. He's got 30 to lead all rookies. And then I believe in second is Mason McTavish. Or McTavish. Correct. Yeah. He's got oh, 26 points. Geez. The name, I, I'm blanking on this name. It's hard, It's a hard one to pronounce, too, isn't it? Where does he play? Uh, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm totally blanking on this name. Uh? He's not in Carolina, is he? No, it's you said Pacific. Um, There's nobody in yeah, Carolina. No, no. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I got no name. He's got, got a no big L there. All right, you got two. Uh, that's not bad, though. The so, thing is, I Patty's done this topic before. I wonder if he remembers How anything. many are left? I've got five of them left, and he picked the top two. Okay, Matias Michelli. Correct. Uh, In Arizona. Cole was Perf- that the guy that you were trying to remember his name? Yeah. The Arizona Coyote? Yeah. Yeah. Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti. Yep. Um, there's one. Okay. Uh, These next three are Shane Pinto? Tough. Shane Pinto is just on the <laughs> Shane Pinto has 11 points, and actually, yesterday when I wrote this, he was part of it, but then Noah Cates <laughs> had points, oh, Cates. so I had to drop a whole bunch of guys off the list because the list extended to like 12, so I had to drop a whole bunch of guys. You're missing uh, this young former Western leaguer who plays in Minnesota. Yeah, I went to high school with this guy. Oh. Addison tries to shake Kalen Addison. He'll spin now a loaded fire. He's Former Pittsburgh Penguins draft pick, sent to Minnesota in the Jason Zucker trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, this young man playing with the Dallas Stars on their second line. 
His name's Wyatt Johnston. Ah, oh, Wyatt Johnston. Yeah. Lundquist who slides it to Haskin in a stutter step before feeding back for Lundquist. Shot. Score! And finally, a young man in Columbus who mirrors his game after Johnny Gaudreau. Johnson the ice with line A, and Johnson takes a shot, and he scores! There you go. So... Let me just do a little bit of math here. If you guys could tap, what did you think of the? What did you think of the gauntlet, guys? Did you like the topics today? I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't like it terribly, but that's just me being a sore loser, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to keep going while I add this up. Yeah. Uh, um, six. Seven, oh my goodness! You guys tied. Really? You each had seven points. Let's go. Which is awful. Did you? Have I thought over, I had. Did eight. you have an overtime plan? So I have three right on the trebuchets for Patty Dumas. Okay. I got none for Chef's Table. Yeah. I have none for before, but oh no, I counted this wrong. You got two here. Oh yeah, you lost. I have nine, okay. I think. You got nine yeah. and, and he's got seven. Okay. I got to figure out a that way to out. do the math on that. <laughs> that part has still been a little bit of a mess with the pop quiz. I, I see this as an absolute win. I agree. <laughs> I agree, Bruce Banner. An absolute win. And... That was a great place for Alex to drop that clip that he so dearly loves that he <laughs> doesn't always get to use. Uh, thanks for taking part, guys. Thank you for uh, hosting. Patty Dumas won himself an orange slice. Congratulations. Woo! Really good stuff. That vitamin C. Yes, sir. There you go. Right. Uh, third hour, we're going to keep the hockey chat going. We're not going to run the pop quiz by any of our guests, but Nick Kiprios is going to join us. Mm-hmm. Talk about the Leafs a little bit, some of the Canadian clubs, yeah. and maybe his... Thoughts ahead of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're also going to uh, have Darren Pang join us, who you know and you love from TNT broadcast, or if you've been watching any St. Louis hockey for like the last yeah. 10 years, he's been on the broadcast there and does an outstanding job. Uh, the former NHL netminder himself will be joining us just after 8.30. Hour three is jammed. Hour two, the podcast will be up shortly. You can go and do the quiz with your buddy and pretend you've never heard it and totally <laughs> beat it as behind. Yeah. Anyways, uh take a break. Hockey chat next. Sports in 960 the fan.